Welcome to this week's energy show. Now this week we're talking about ways to maximize your battery storage system savings. Now, solar power systems, solar panels on the roof with an inverter, they're basically passive systems. The sun comes up, photons hit the solar cells, they generate electricity, it's turned into AC power in your inverter, that power goes into your house, whatever is excess goes to the grid, and when the sun goes down, automatically you start drawing power from the grid. So there's really nothing to do other than maybe wash the panels every few years. Now, battery systems are much more active. There's things going back and forth on and off that you can control. So the savings you get from a battery storage system really depends on how you use your storage battery. It's like many other things in your house. It's like your HVAC, your thermostat. It depends your consumption, your use of your savings from electricity are going to depend on how you operate the system. I like to look at it like a game. You're going to be able to see the monitoring of your system, how much power you're producing, how much battery energy is being stored, how much power your house is using. It's like a game, and you can play to win. And the the way you win is to get your utility bill as low as possible, even a negative bill. And there's a lot of customers that we have that actually get a check back from their utility. They win big time. Now, the thing is that it's kind of not easy to figure out exactly how to operate the system. We can't give you guidance on do it exactly this way because it depends on the electric rates that you have. It depends on the season of the year. It depends on weather. It depends on when you're using power. And it also depends on how much power you use and the size of your existing solar system. So it's one of those things, it takes a little bit of looking at the monitoring, seeing what's happening, seeing what's going on with your house, seeing what the seasonal electricity usage is, and then you can figure out how to save the most money. Now first, here's a bit of background. Why are we saving money with a battery storage system? Well, the savings come from time shifting when you use and buy your energy. So basically, what you can do with a battery is you only need to buy the energy from the grid when rates are low. Those are off-peak rates, usually right now here in California, it's during the day. And you can sell energy back to the grid when the rates are high, peak rates. And the way you save the most money is you avoid buying energy from the grid when the rates are high. Here in California, pg e territory, the rates are highest from 4 to 9 p.m. So don't buy any electricity from the grid from 4 to 9 p.m. and even if you can do it, sell your excess solar electricity back to the grid from 4 to 9 p.m. Just think about it like the stock market. You want to buy electricity when it's low, and you sell electricity back when it's high. All right, so let's talk a little bit about these rate differentials, because the biggest differential in the rate, the more money you're going to save. So looking at the PG&E EV2 rate, that's Pacific Gas and Electric, they have an electric vehicle rate. Currently, and this is summer of 2022, that summer peak electricity rate is 55 cents a kilowatt hour. That's an amazing number. Heck, when I started in solar here in California, it was down around 16 cents a kilowatt hour. So 55 cents a kilowatt hour for peak rate, and the off-peak electricity is only 24 cents. So there's a 31 cent differential between the peak and the off-peak rate. That's the profit you can kind of make by buying low and selling high. During the winter, that difference is a little bit less. It's a 43 cent a kilowatt hour peak rate and 24 cents a kilowatt hour off peak rate. 
That's a 19 cent differential. And once again, just a reminder, the peak is determined from 4 to 9 p.m. And off peak is pretty much, at least here at PG&E rate, between midnight and 4 p.m. or so. All right. And there's a little bit of difference. There's also this partial peak rate, but let's not get into the details on that right now. All right. Now, that's the EV2 rate. And you can go on the EV2 rate. Anybody who has a battery can go on that rate. And even if you don't have a battery, you can go on that rate with an electric vehicle. And why would you want to do that? Well, the off-peak rate is $0.24, cents at, both in the summer and the winter. So you can save a lot of money by making sure that you're always charging your car during the off-peak times, which is technically from midnight to 3 p.m. the next day. Now, you can also go on the ETOUD rate. ETOU, it's Electricity Time of Use D rate. And those rates are not, the differential is not as big. The summer peak is 47 cents. The off peak is 34 cents. That's only a 13 cent differential. And the winter peak on the ETOUD rate, 38 cents. Off peak is 34 cents. That's a four cent differential. So you can see in the summer, you get a 13 cent differential. Not huge. So you're not going to save as much money on the ETOUD rate as you will on the EV2 rate, which has a 31 cent a kilowatt hour differential. All right, so we talked a little bit about what the rates are now. Just, you know, by the way, the rates went up 14% already this year in 2022. And the rates went up 14% also in 2021. These rates are going up, you know, scarily fast. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that the rates are going to continue to go up at the rate of 8 to 10% a year because the utilities are making so many investments in the infrastructure on what it costs a ton of money to do, and they get a big profit on that infrastructure. So they've got permission to spend that money from the Public Utilities Commission. They're going to spend that money. That money is really your money, and they get it through the rates. And in addition to that, they get a guaranteed profit on that, and they get to charge maintenance on it. So the rates are going to keep going up. And that's not the worst thing. The worst thing is, the other bad thing, is that we're all going to be using more electricity as we electrify our homes and cars. Now, we save money because we're not buying gasoline, we're not buying natural gas, but our consumption is going to go up. So it makes it even more useful to figure out ways to save money. All right. So the first question that people ask before we get to my top five suggestions on ways to improve your battery storage savings, the first question that people ask is, how long is my battery going to last? Well, the answer to that question depends. It depends on the charge level of the battery when the power goes out. It depends on how much ongoing power draw is in your house, how fast the battery is going to be drained. And it depends on how much daytime solar is going to recharge the battery in case there's a daytime blackout. So before we kind of try and answer that, how long will my battery last, let's go over the meaning of power and energy. And this is really important because these metrics are how you can easily calculate how long my battery is going to last. Now, the power is measured in watts or kilowatts. A kilowatt is 1,000 watts. Now, a lot of us just think about power in terms of horsepower of our car. So one horsepower is 746 watts. If you have a car that has 100 horsepower, I mean, my old Volkswagen you know, barely had 100 horsepower. A horsepower is 746 watts, so my old Volkswagen had 74,000 watts of power. Well, it sounds like a lot now, but <laughs> during the day, it wasn't that much. Okay, so horsepower, 746 watts, but energy is measured in terms of power over time or kilowatt hours. The number of hours 
that you're generating that power times the average power consumption. And that's a really important metric because you get billed on your electricity bill in kilowatt hours, not in watts, not in hours, not, not in any other metric, in kilowatt hours. So it's really easy to confuse kilowatts and kilowatt hours, but it's a really important distinction. When we talk about power, it's all, always in kilowatts. And when we talk about energy, it's kilowatts times hours or kilowatt hours. Okay. All right. So let's talk about some examples here. A 10 kilowatt hour battery is the measurement of how much energy is in the battery at 10 kilowatt hours. So if a blackout happens at night when the battery is at an 80% state of charge, that's 80% of 10 kilowatt hours, 8 kilowatt hours of capacity left. Now, also what we found is the batteries always save a little bit of extra energy. They never go completely to zero. I don't know why, but that's just how they rate them. So let's say the battery never goes below one kilowatt hour. So really, if the battery has an 80% state of charge and it's a 10 kilowatt hour battery, it has 7 kilowatt hours of available energy. Now, coming back to our example, let's say you're not running the heat, you're not running the air conditioning, it's at night, the power goes out, but your house is still using an average of 500 watts. Now, it's never like exactly 500, maybe the, when the refrigerator goes on, it goes to 600, and when some lights are off, it might be as low as 300, but let's just figure 500 watts, that's 0.5 kilowatts. Remember, the kilowatts is power, so 7 kilowatt hours, which is the available energy in the battery, divided by 0.5 five kilowatts is 14 hours. So if your house is using 500 watts on the average, your battery will last you 14 hours. That's enough to get you into the next day when the battery will start recharging from the sun. Okay, now let's look at the same example, but let's say you're running your air conditioner at night. Now, in this example, we'll assume that the air conditioner uses 2,500 watts. It's not a huge air conditioner. And you have the 500 watts of, of everything else running in your house. So your total draw in the house is 3,000 watts or 3 kilowatts. So that's 7 kilowatt hours of available energy in the battery divided by 3 works out to be 2.3 hours. So by running your air conditioner, you're going to kill the battery in a bit over 2 hours. And you probably don't want to do that because you still want your lights and you know, your internet and your TV to work. Okay. Now let's look at the same example during the day when your solar system is generating 5,000 watts, 5 kilowatts. So you've got power going in, but you're using 3 kilowatts for your air conditioner and the rest of the house. So that means that the 5 kilowatts of generation minus the 3 kilowatts what your house is using leaves 2 kilowatts that are still being generated excess. Now, you could send that power without solar. If you didn't have a battery, you'd send that power back to the grid, two kilowatts. But with a battery, that two kilowatts is going to go to recharge the battery. So during the day, because you've got 5,000 watts, five kilowatts coming down from the sun, you can run the AC, plus you can be simultaneously recharging the battery at two kilowatts. Okay, so now with these basic explanations out of the way of power and how long the battery is going to last and things like that. Let's talk about the five basic tips that I have to get the most from your energy storage battery. All right, tip number one, program your large appliances to run only during off-peak times. Now, there's some things that you can't really control, but there's a lot of things you can, like your pool pumps. There's a timer on the pool. When you plug in your EV, there's a timer on that. You can adjust the timing on your hot tub or your spa. So be careful about that. Even with your things like air conditioning, make sure that you're using those things, if possible, during off-peak times. I'm not saying be uncomfortable, but you know, keep in mind, if you accidentally run the air conditioner during peak times, you're going to drain the battery. 
If you accidentally run your EV charger, which can be using 10 kilowatts, that's going to drain your battery really fast. So you can't do much about cooking, about heating or cooling. So heck, you know, live a little bit. Cook when it's time to eat. Obviously, run your oven, use your stove, whatever, microwave, and heat and cool your house to be uncomfortable. You don't want to be like a miserable trying to save money unless you're a little bit crazy. But that's one of the advantages of having solar. You don't have to get killed with the electric bill because your solar is going to be able to pay for some of those extra electricity costs. But your discretionary appliances, like the dryer, like your dishwasher, the EV charger you can schedule, the pool pumps you can schedule, things like that, they're more flexible. I have a little note on my electric dryer that says, don't use the dryer between 3 and midnight every single day. So use it in the morning, use it in the middle of the day. Or keep in mind, if you're going to be using it, because maybe you have some people coming over, you got to dry your clothes really fast, whatever, just know you're going to spend more money for that. You can program your EV charger to charge only after midnight. That's a really easy one. You can program your car to do that. You can also program your EV charger only to run after midnight. So plug your car in when you come home from work at six or seven o'clock and at midnight, the EV will automatically recharge. And obviously try and do your laundry or run your dishwasher during off-peak times. Okay, so that's tip number one. Tip number two, try to get your battery fully charged at the start of the peak times. So that's just, you know, basic. It's a very simple thing to describe. It's sometimes a little tricky to do. There's two big advantages to making sure that when peak electricity starts, once again, peak electricity in California is around 4 to 9 p.m. So by 4 o'clock, try and make sure your battery is fully charged because at that point, any power that you draw from the grid, you're not going to have to buy electricity at 55 cents a kilowatt hour because you're draining the battery. You're using the battery energy you generate during the day. That's when you're using that energy when it's peak times. You're avoiding 55 cents a kilowatt hour. There's another advantage, which is really kind of hugely beneficial. You can be selling your excess solar power back to the utility at peak rates on sunny summer afternoons, even sunny summer evenings. Heck, you know, around the summer solstice, the sundown is until 8.30. So, you know, we've got four and a half hours from 4 to 8.30 p.m. where you can actually be sending power back to the grid at those peak times. And it's actually not too bad. I mean, you look at, let's say you're able to send four hours of power back at 55 cents a kilowatt hour. You can generate two or $3 every single day extra. That adds up pretty quickly. So summer afternoons, you're still generating power. This doesn't work in the winter because it, you know, it gets dark by like 5 p.m. But in the summer, you can really save a lot. So how do you do that? You look at adjusting the minimum battery reserve. There's a backup reserve control in there. There may be an option to charge your battery from the grid. So just think about, talk to your installer about what you can do to try and make sure that your battery is fully charged when peak periods start, which is 4 p.m. in California. All right. Tip number three. Vary your backup reserve based on the season and the weather. So what's a backup reserve, you may say? The backup reserve is, let's say we're going back to a 10 kilowatt hour battery. When it's full, it's got 10 kilowatt hour. When it's empty, it's got one kilowatt hour. It's not completely empty, but that's how low it can go. But let's say there's a blackout at 10 o'clock at night. And if you've depleted your battery all the way down to one kilowatt hour, which is basically when the battery may shut off, you don't have any electricity left for your TV or your, your internet or anything else, lights. So the way we program the batteries, and this is the default in many of the batteries, is we always keep 20 or 
minimum charge level at all times unless there's a blackout. So let's say there's a blackout and your battery is set so that it's never going to go below 30% under normal operating conditions. It's midnight and there's a blackout and then your house automatically kicks over to the backup power, but you still have two kilowatt hours with a small 10 kilowatt hour battery, you still have two kilowatt hours of energy. And that's many times enough to kind of get you through to the morning. You know, you can start to do the math and you can see why you might want to have bigger batteries. Um, and that's going to be a trend going forward. But by adjusting that backup reserve, you can save even more money. Now you have to kind of look at that on a seasonal basis because the summer schedule may be different than the winter schedule. So when I kind of do this programming, I program my pool pumps to work in the morning during the summer. That way they filter the pool water during the day. And also, obviously, if you have a pool solar system, you want to be, you got to be running your pool pumps to heat your pool in the middle of the day. But I don't really have that, but that's fine. But in the summer, I program it so the pumps are running during the day when electricity is really cheap and I want to make sure my batteries charge up by then. But in the winter... I program my pool pumps to only work after midnight. And that way I don't deplete the battery at all until midnight, at which point the battery might be dead in two or three hours and I'm just buying the cheap off-peak power at that time. So another thing about programming your backup reserve, you might want to consider a higher backup reserve when you think there might be blackouts. And when could that be? Well, that's going to be in the winter when there's big storms. Again, sometimes you get notice from that. And there's also some features called weather guard or storm preparation that are going to kind of help you with that. And also keep in mind, in the winter, it's going to be tougher to get the battery recharged up because there's less sunlight. And also the peak differential is less. So you might want to consider setting it with a higher backup reserve in the winter when if there's a blackout, you're going to want to have more juice in the battery. And you might want to have a lower backup reserve in the summer when the evening rates are higher, when you can save the most money. So there's kind of a trade-off here with summer wildfires and when the power goes out in the summer because of these public safety power shutoffs. But just keep in mind, use your, your app and adjust your backup reserve based on bad weather, based on fire danger, based on public safety power shutoffs, and based on when you think you're going to need to have that extra battery capacity. Okay, tip number four, shed your large loads during a blackout. Now, a lot of people are putting in whole home backup systems, and that's going to back up kind of everything, your air conditioner, your, your kitchen, your refrigerator, maybe even your pool pumps. And keep in mind that these big appliances draw a lot of power. So if they kick into backup mode, unless you have a lot of batteries, my suggestion is shed those large loads. And the easiest way to do this right now, you can do it manually. You turn off the air conditioner at the thermostat. You unplug your EV charger. Maybe you can send the command to your car to say, don't charge because it was a blackout. And some of the newer systems have the ability to do this automatically depending on your system configuration. So during a blackout, in order to make sure that your battery energy lasts the longest, especially at night, because you're not going to be able to charge it from solar, make sure that your large loads are turned off, either with load shedding or some kind of automatic load shedding. And, and so those features are going to be important going forward. Okay, tip number five, consider alternate electric rate plans. Utilities change the electric rates every single couple of years significantly. They adjust them up and down, like sometimes multiple times a year. But they come up with completely new rate plans every few years. 
So the best battery savings in general are on time of use rate. And most of California used to be operating on flat rates, what's called the E1 rate, the same rate all day, or the rate actually went up the more electricity you used. But the best battery savings are going to be on time of use rates when there's a difference between peak and off-peak rates. And the rates that have those biggest differences are going to represent where you're going to get the most savings. And so there's another kind of subtlety here when we kind of look at the fleet. You have a large fleet of systems running, and you're able to get the biggest savings when your solar energy system is going to generate twice the average home energy consumption during the day. So a big solar system is actually going to be quite effective in terms of giving you the biggest time of use savings because it's going to make sure that almost in every circumstance, your battery is going to be fully charged when you get to the peak time. And then you can discharge that battery. And not only can you avoid paying peak electricity rates, but if you have a big solar system during those peak times, probably going to be running the electric meter backwards for a few hours and it's big savings there. Okay. So to wrap up, batteries are going to save you a lot of money on your electric bill by time shifting when you buy electricity. And you know, I'm saying most of our customers are seeing savings in the range of $500 to $1,000 per year. The battery is guaranteed for 10 years. So you're going to, you know, it's not something that's going to disappear. You're going to get those savings. The other benefit, obviously, the battery gives you emergency backup power. But as we discussed during today's show, it's going to require some active involvement on your part. It's just like your home thermostat. You change that thermostat periodically during the year. You may find out that it's, it's really, really cold out. You might want to have that temperature adjusted. And in our house, have a summer program for the thermostat you know, when we want to make sure we're cooling the home. And we have a winter program where we're not cooling, but we're always making sure that the house is warm when we come home from work and, you know, and cool it down in the middle of the night and then heat it up again in the morning. So as far as these battery systems, no doubt in my mind, that in 10 years, the majority of homes will have a battery to go with their solar system. Everybody with a sunny roof is going to put in solar. It just makes so much sense. And everybody with solar is going to put in a battery because they're going to save more money and they're going to have backup power and not have to depend on the utility quite as much. Okay, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamon.energy and listen to the podcasts.